Hello and welcome to Witchy Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Lauren Cholantani, women's holistic health coach and fellow recovering perfectionist. This podcast was created to show you that your body is not in the way, it is actually leading your way. Welcome back to Witchy Wellness Radio. This is the last episode of the season, but don't worry, we'll be back in two weeks. And you are listening to episode 183, Sacred Cycles with M. Dewey. I am very particular about the type of CBD and hemp products that I use. There's so much hype and lack of testing and quality in the industry. So the company that I love and use is Evo Hemp. Not only do they have a beautiful product like hemp seeds, CBD oil, gummies, even hemp chocolate, protein bars, protein powder, they also support a 40-acre co-op farm in Minnesota, which is farmer-owned, focusing on bringing quality and innovation back to Black, Indigenous, and other socially disadvantaged farmers. So if you are looking into trying any type of CBD or hemp products, head over to evohemp.com. The link is in the show notes and make sure you use code witchy, W-I-C-T-H-Y for 20% off of your purchase. Please enjoy episode 183, Sacred Cycles with M. Dewey. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Witchy Wellness Radio. Again, I'm your host, Lauren, and this is a show you get to learn how your body and emotions are not in the way. They're actually leading the way. And today's guest is a beautiful example of that. M. Dewey is the co-creator of Sacred Cycles Oracle Deck, and she's the creator of the Garden of the Moon, where she offers menstrual cycle support and education and she creates herbal cycle support kits and digital resources for folks craving more of a positive relationship with their periods. M is, a pas- is passionate about working with a lunar calendar, cycle, tra- cycle tracking, and teaching people how to use their body as a compass so they can reconnect to their innate wisdom. M is a certified herbalist and holistic health coach. We have so many things to dive into today. I told M off air, I'm like, we're going to have, we're going to have trouble keeping it under an hour here, but thank you so much for coming to the show, Em. I'm so excited to have you. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I'm excited to dive in. I know there's a lot to cover and I'm sure we could go on and on. So let's get to it. Let's just just dive into the unknown. Well, (laughs) you have brought so many beautiful creations into the world. You're so tapped into your own sacred cycle. So I want to honor that in you, but also, how, how did you get to do all this work? Like, what was this heroine's journey? Was there, did you have to honor and heal your own cycle within to bring forth so much magic into the world to help other people do the same? Oh, yeah. Thank you. It is such a heroine's journey. I love that. And I think there's something so special when we get to share our stories and sort of like our origin spaces. Um, when it comes to my work with sacred cycles and herbs and just connecting to my body that it was, you know, it began with the, the wound, um, first, like it starts there. And for me, that was an early, um, an early experience of disconnecting from my body, especially around my menstrual cycle from, you know, the, 
first day, uh, first go at it, it was a pretty intense experience for me. And uh, I was not prepared um, in many ways, <laughs> educationally or um, support wise, and just felt very confused and disconnected from any sense of uh, the possibility of making it a sacred experience. Um, and so uh, I was put on the pill at a pretty young age. Uh, of course, that flatlines our hormones, as we know. And so I, I feel that that contributed a bit as well to sort of that disconnection. And um, part of the story with my relationship with my body is also around uh, the diet culture and just like discomfort with this, this being that I was gifted into <laughs> this physical body um, and just really not feeling at home for quite some time. And so for me, Going through that process, it was, you know, the first couple decades of my life, just kind of feeling this sense of discomfort and disconnection. And thankfully, um, there were a few, I guess, like wake up moments, right, where we get to kind of tap back in and remember, oh, okay, something else is going on here, something else exists. And uh, I was gifted the opportunity to begin to understand that perhaps our, perhaps the menstrual cycle is not this burdensome thing. Um, for me, I, I think one of the initial starting points was just through reading. I'm an avid reader. And I think one of the first books that I gave me even the slightest hint that something different was possible was The Red Tent, which is actually a fiction fiction book, but really spoke to me in such a deep way that felt in a very non-fiction <laughs> kind of experience. Um, so reading that book, I, I sort of, you know, looked down a different road, like kind of peeked down the different road of what could be possible. And through that started cultivating more resources around trying to reconnect to my cycle, trying to also heal what was still going on, even though I had, you know, been on the pill and that was supposed to fix everything. Um, once I went off it and realized, oh, there are still some things that are, are very much calling for attention. Um, and so I went through a process of, of, just getting curious, getting curious about my body, getting curious about what alternatives are there out there? Because the one that everybody's been given didn't do a whole lot for me. And this sort of prescriptive mindset of our bodies being wrong, just as they are also didn't work. So, okay, let's throw that out too. Um, and so uh, through this sort of coming home to myself in that process, it was a lot of, yes, healing with my cycle, healing around my relationship to my body at large, and uh, releasing a lot of the narratives that, you know, had kind of been force-fed. Um, and so uh, for me, it was it was a baby step by baby step. And, you know, it all kind of, you look back and have this sense of, Oh, that's right. That, you know, that kind of was what led me to that. But in the moment, of course, we have no idea. Um, and so through that process of coming back home, I also got 
uh, introduced or perhaps reconnected to the world of plant medicine and um, herbs and, and just reconnecting to nature in a way that made me feel like, all right, if my body is of nature and I was given this physical being, maybe maybe it's not so wrong. <laughs> maybe there's actually something quite wonderful and powerful here. And so, uh, yeah, so that was part of the process and, you know, also getting into training around, um, holistic health and, um, doing some coaching work in that realm and then getting to really immerse myself in the plant world and becoming an herbalist, um, that was a deep part of the process as well to be able to, uh, really sink into that connection on a deeper level. I think, um, the plants have served me in so many ways that I can't even begin to describe. Um, and that has also really helped me in creating a connection and seeing those cycles reflected on our planet here, but also with the moon and connecting to lunar cycles. And that became a deep part of my practice as well. Just creating ritual, ritual with the cycles, with the phases, the seasons. And, um, and now it's something that I just get really excited to talk to people about and get excited to nerd out <laughs> and share. Um, because I do think that there are so many folks who, you know, struggle in the way that I have. And, and I, I will never claim to have totally fixed my, and I use air quotes with fixed, um, to have fixed my menstrual cycle or my, my body relationship. This is always in flux and always cycling and going through its own sort of phases and iterations. But, um, getting to connect with people about this stuff has given me a sense of home and purpose that I never had before. And for that, I'm, I'm just so deeply grateful. Um, like conversations like this, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, here we are. <laughs> here we beautifully are. And for me, I see obviously traditional society, the alternative, right, is the pill, but even the alternative, I want to say alternative, but spiritual side of that I found Sometimes spirituality and practices can teach you to you to ascend your body and not be in your body, right? Which I love doing. I love going, woo, and it's fun. It's great. <laughs> but the embodiment practices, being in our body, like you said, we, we were given these vessels for a reason and to feel. And for me, whether it's emotionally or my relationship with my body and my cycle, once I change my perspective and I can be present with it, whether it's an emotion or physical sensation or my cycle, it seems to sometimes disappear or dissipate or, or, or transmute very easily just by, by giving an attention and some love. And I, I love your perspective. And I have behind me the sacred oracle, sacred cycle oracle deck as well, because everything's a cycle. If you start looking into it, it's like, I think of that, um, conspiracy theory meme um from it's always sunny i forget charlie where he's like pointing everywhere yeah that's what it is once you start researching this you're like oh my god everything's a cycle Ev literally everything 
Yes. Oh my goodness. I am over here snapping and yes, absolutely. (laughs) And it's so wonderful to me that creates such a, a sense of comfort. I think when I, when I am able to connect those dots, when I am able to do the Charlie pointing across the board, like, yes, look at that and connecting to that. To me, that instills a deep sense of faith and honestly like relief because there's no pressure to always be the same. There's no pressure to constantly be at this like super high productivity level and go, go, go. Nature doesn't do that. So why on earth should we? And that to me, I just, I, I have such a deep sigh of relief when I think of it that way. And I hope others can too. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And through internal internal and external cycles, whether it be our body, the moon seasons, we can learn a lot about ourselves. Could we dive into like how we can embody, but I guess learn from that wisdom? Yeah, absolutely. I think that word embody and embodiment is so near and dear to me. And I feel that that practice of embodiment being in your body and and rooted and just you mentioned earlier about feeling and allowing yourself to feel it is something that we are so rarely gifted or even taught very rarely taught in today's culture i think so often we exist in the headspace or even above and you mentioned in the spiritual community it can be this concept of ascending and And to me, I'm like, nah, I don't want to jump out of my body. I want to be so deeply in my body that I am so present to what exactly is happening right here and right now on this earth, even when it's messy, even when it's scary. And there's a lot of that to be sure. But you you mentioned about, you know, what can we learn and how can we connect with ourselves deeper through this process of our cycles. And um, the first thing I always come back to is our own process around cycle tracking and really suggesting folks to begin there, regardless of if you have a menstrual cycle or not. To me, um, there is so much wisdom to be gained from that. And you could, if you if you have a menstrual cycle and then um, have these inner seasons through a hormonal cycle, that's a, a beautiful place to track. But if not, looking to the moon and just using her as a guide through these phases, through the waxing and waning and begin to notice what kind of patterns arise. And for me, this was, you know, I, I mentioned in the talk about kind of my, my history, my background, my path, cycle tracking was one of those big, big light bulb moments for me when I was in the process of tracking my cycle and getting to know what was happening better. I I think it was after maybe three months or so I looked back and realized day 28, good old day 28 for me. Oh my, it was like the world was ending every day. 28. It felt like everything was awful. I'm awful. The world is awful. I can't, I, nothing will ever get better, (laughs) but it's day 28 and eventually things do get better. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but when I realized that I, I truly, my jaw dropped and I realized, oh my gosh, 
it's, it's a phase I'm, and I'm going to move through that phase and it's going to get better. So the next time that came around for me, I was able to breathe just a little bit deeper. I was able to have a little bit more grace, a little bit more compassion for myself, knowing that this is just part of the process and that's okay. And, you know, I think there's, there's this balance of we learn these patterns that come up for us and we can have grace and compassion and ease with ourselves. And we can also, once perhaps that grace, compassion, and ease is cultivated, we can seek ways of perhaps shifting. If something feels like that's out of alignment, then we can start to come at it with some intention of, okay, you know what? I feel like this is actually trying to get my attention and it's gotten my attention (laughs) and uh, I have, I have compassion towards it. I am accepting of it. And now I can feel a sense of, all right, I'm ready and able to move in a way that I want to shift it. I want to find some kind of some, some new way of being, but not coming at it with the typical, like just grind and push and oh, make things so difficult, which is, I think how often we try to approach a lot of our own self-development is through this. Oh my God, if I don't change this now, like what's wrong with me? And there's just a lot of resistance and uh, just less flow. And I really believe that with this sense of connecting to those patterns, creating that grace, compassion, ease, then we move into that ability to shift with more flow. And that, oh gosh, that just makes for a life that is a little bit less crunchy, I think, (laughs) and a little bit more joy-filled, at least I hope. Yeah. (laughs) Mm, That's so beautiful. And for me, um, I got into a lot of this through Dr. Christian Northrup. Uh, but love, love, love her. And if you guys ever want to deep dive into any of this, like women's bodies, women's wisdom, it's it's like it's thicker than the Bible. It is a doorstop. I love it. I love it. I have like so many pages bookmarked and you know, highlighted anyway. But she she I remember her talking all the time about um you know, pay attention. What what does come up during your luteal phase or right before your period starts, day 28? For me, that about day 26. Just depends. And um what like what what are the themes? What are the emotions? What are the situations? And as you start to cycle track like that, you'll you'll start to see, like and beautifully said, is there a pattern here? And the t- the tagline of this show, you guys know it. Your body is not, and emotions are not in the way they are leading the way. That's why, like, pardon my French, shit comes up for a reason. Your body is like literally telling you, hey, maybe we should look here. And it's not punishing you. You know, it's not faulty. It's literally just a little like, hey, Em, hey, Lauren, maybe you're ready to heal this, you're ready to let go. Do you want to let go? Here's an opportunity. Right. And it's not this like, go, 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 push, push, push. Your body's in that cycle too of like releasing and renewing. Like right before your period, you know, for me, at least I found like I just went through this past weekend and went through all my clothes and donated things I no longer wore anymore and reorganizing right before and letting go of your period. I swear to you, it is so fulfilling. (laughs) 
But I'm sure, Em, you have more to say on that as well about the, you know, luteal phase and like what's coming up for a reason. Yeah, I love that. And you're so on point. What is coming up has a reason, truly. I've come to look at the luteal phase. And for me, when I speak about um, the phases within the menstrual cycle, especially, and with the cycle support kits that I've created with the herbal teas, I look at them in connection to the phases of the moon. To me, there's something really uh, helpful visually, you know, when we look at um, the way that the moon waxes and wanes. And so if we're talking about the luteal phase, this is our waning moon phase. And so uh, moving away from full moon, right? The moon is decreasing energy. It's decreasing. And so it's that the energy begins to turn inwards. And so the focus focuses back on oneself. And so it can be really confronting to have that happen where before we kind of were out in the world, like doing all the things, connecting with all the people. And now, now the spotlight comes back and the, the magnifying glass, the, the flashlight, whatever have you is back on to you. And it can be difficult to sit with that sometimes. Um, and so to me, the phrase, a word uh, for, for luteal phase, for waning moon, I, I see discernment here to be so key, so crucial, where the things that are getting under our skin at this time, and it can be a myriad of things, right? For some folks, it might be relationships that get really difficult for some, um, you know, body image, whatever it is. The thing that is presenting most in your face and with, like I said, you know, we were saying about the patterns when it's coming up again and again and presenting itself to you here, it's showing you that mirror. It's asking you, Hey, please pay attention to this. Please put some time, some energy, some love towards this. And when it comes to discernment, right? It's it's this idea of where do we put our time, energy, focus? And because our energy is becoming more inward and our actual energy, like, uh, you know, inner, uh, power and uh, ability to get out and do things that perhaps might be decreasing as well. We have to be super discerning as to where our energy goes, who it goes to, what products or projects, excuse me, where we're focused on. And when that discernment isn't there, that's when the volume gets turned up on those things. And, and so, yeah, I love what you said about you know, it's, it's asking and there's this conversation that's happening. Right. And that is really what I believe is the the magic of embodiment. It's learning the language. It's because we each have our own individual language with our bodies. Our body has its own language that needs learning. And so to become present and aware to the patterns, the patterns are part of that language. And so uh, learning that, that new lingo, that language of the body is a really empowering thing to be able to do to uh, give yourself that connection, that relationship and, and honor it deeply. So beautiful. And I'm going to transition a little bit to talking about the Oracle deck because this is a beautiful tool, no matter where you are and what type of cycle you're in <laughs> to help 
build trust with yourself and your sacred body. So how can we use oracles like the sacred cycles <laughs> to help build that confidence in ourselves? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oracle decks to me are such a beautiful, magical tool. <laughs> it's um, writing this deck and, and co-authoring this heart work, truly. I, I use that phrase very intentionally because it is, it's something that is so deep and close to my heart. Um, it was such a reminder of uh, the patterns that exist around us. I, I shared the story on Instagram a little while back about the process of, of writing the guidebook. We had our editor come back and, and tell me, you know, there, there are some, um, something, a couple like repeating things. And there's a few, you know, that seem really similar. And I, I remember at first feeling like kind of guilty and bad. I was like, Oh God, that's like, you know, how embarrassing that I, you know, didn't write something unique. And, and then I sat with it and I realized, oh my gosh, no, this is, this is the reminder of these archetypes within this Oracle deck. You know, we've got archetypes in there um, about the moon phases, about the seasons, about our bodily cycles, our um, life cycles. And the reason there were repetitions is because they are those patterns. They are those reminders and I see those archetypes and their similarities as being this permission slip. It's like, how many times do we have to remind you that it is okay that these, these energies, these cycles, these phases and seasons, they are okay. In fact, they are exactly the way that they are supposed to be. And so with this Oracle deck, I really, I, I hope that it presents an opportunity to really reflect on these archetypes, these archetypes that are reflected in our bodies, in nature, in the celestial beings, in our life cycles. To me, these are potent ways of once again coming home and really connecting with ourselves and with the world around us. Uh, when it comes to working with Oracle decks, I my favorite, favorite way is during my bleed time. And I've started doing what I call the bleed read. And so for me, <laughs> I love me some uh, rhyming and wordplay. Um, so for me, this, this Oracle spread is basically helping me to look ahead at the month and, and get an idea based on the four phases of my cycle. What are, what are the themes that I'm going to be looking at? And so I'll pull a card for each of the four phases from the sacred cycles, Oracle deck, and then um, another card or two from a tarot or other Oracle deck that are sort of, you know, uh, overarching lessons, but the, the key ones are definitely those four for the different phases. Um, and, and for me, that's just so fun. And I keep a notebook of those and look back and it's like, oh, dang, yeah, that was, that was pretty on point. <laughs> and when that happens, gosh, it's, 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 it makes me laugh. And then it also, again, instills the sense of faith and comfort to me. It feels like there is just, there's a little bit more connection and some kind of affirmation that there is a higher power truly um so yeah so this oracle deck has been such a fun 
tool for me to uh, both create and work with myself. And so, and it's so great to be able to connect with others about it. I am so honored by the number of conversations that I've been able to have because of it and people reaching out, talking about their experiences with it. It's, it's just such a gift. I'm so grateful. I don't know how else to say it. (laughs) Well, it is, it's a gift that keeps giving and it's beautiful. You get to use it as well. Um, I, yeah, I, so how do you, when you pull the, the bleed read, which I love, I was laughing. You guys couldn't see me. I was like, oh my God, that is amazing. Um, do you, so I'm just selfishly y'all, I'm asking for myself. Do you pull for the menstrual cycle that you're currently, like you're bleeding right now, or would you, would that be for the next menstrual cycle? Cause menstrual cycle technically is the beginning yeah. So this is such a good question. And this is something I I kind of take a different view on. To me, when I feel into the energetics of the cycle, to me, the bleed time is the end of the cycle. Nothing about when I'm bleeding feels like a beginning. <laughs> I do not feel like a fresh start. I do not feel like life is beginning anew. No. <laughs> So to me, the dark moon, the bleed time is the end of, of my cycle. And, you know, as, as you get to, uh, as you work through cycle tracking and as you kind of play into these energies and get to know those nuances and those shifts between phases, you'll probably notice that it's, it's not hard and fast. There's no like, okay, seven days of this and seven days of that. No, it's, it's so much more nuanced than that. And so for me, there's this really sweet spot during my bleed time around like, uh, probably day three of my bleed where, you know, biologically, physiologically estrogen starting to rise again and hormones are coming up. So I'm, I'm feeling a little bit of like, okay, I've got a little bit more energy, but ain't no way that I'm getting out there and like doing the things that I would around my full moon, you know, ovulation time. So around that time is when I love to do my bleed read for the month ahead. And so the first card I draw is for my waxing moon phase, which is what I will come into after my bleed and, you know, my energy increases and then moving into full moon, waning moon, and then the dark moon card is for my next bleed time. And so that's what works for me. Of course, anyone can, you know, you can play with this as you like, but that's sort of how I feel into it. And I see you getting excited and all into like this whole idea of like dark moon is our, not the beginning of things. And I'm so glad (laughs) that resonates with you. (laughs) Oh, and here's my next question because our cycle changes, right? And if we didn't have any artificial light, uh, most of us would be either menstruating on a full moon or the new moon, the dark moon. I am typically the opposite of most. So a full moon fleeter. So I guess energetically, we know I would love to hear your take on that as well as like how we can incorporate that into our own practice and with the lunar, because I've I've dove deep into this and it's the opposite of what, you know, the stage is yours. I mean, you yeah. have much more to say than I do. <laughs> No, I love it. And I I really, I relate as well because I have in the past 
there was a long period where I was bleeding with the full moon. And I remember thinking at first, like, oh God, what's wrong? Like, that's not right. Da, da, da. And so the first thing I will say when it comes to where we bleed in relation to the moon cycle is that no matter what, you are synced with the moon. Please, please, please let that sink in. No matter what, you are synced with Mama Moon. Does not matter where your bleed lands, you are still connected to her. And so, because I think this is yet another place that we could go beating ourselves up, right? Where it's like, oh my God, I'm not bleeding with the dark moon. What's wrong with me? What do I do? No, no, let's, let's, let's not go there. Let's give ourselves once again some grace and see what this perhaps signifies for us what is the lesson around this and this is something that I feel like I'm always in process around and and always curious about because I do think that there's so much nuance to a personal experience of this you know someone who bleeds with the full moon might have a totally different experience than than I do in fact I know I have a friend who I've talked about this with who was bleeding with the full moon at some time and felt that it was so overwhelming and so intense. And she really had a really difficult time with it. Whereas for me, I really felt this deep, like mystical connection as I was bleeding with the full moon. It felt much more, I don't, how do I explain this? There was a time when I was bleeding with the dark moon and I remember it being incredibly difficult for me in the sense that it just felt heavy. It felt incredibly heavy, dark. It was very, um, that word heavy, I think is just the best way to explain it. Yeah. And so once I shifted, um, into bleeding with the full moon, there was some lightness that came for me. And so for me, bleeding with the full moon was a really beautiful experience. And I felt like that was, um, a really, it was, it was just different, but it, it, to me, it was a little bit easier. So truly everyone's going to have a different experience. And I know there's a lot of talk about there out there about like, Oh, bleeding with the full moon. Like it's this red moon bleed. And, and, you know, it's, it's this idea of like the healers. And when you bleed with the new moon, that's the, the mother archetype. And, um, and I think there's some, some value there for sure. But again, I, I worry that when we put too much emphasis on boxing these in, that it gives it, it gives more room for pressure to uh, berate ourselves about something and you know find one more thing that's wrong. So I would welcome and encourage a deeper sense of curiosity instead of labels and trying to. And even trying to like shift your period to be synced with one or the other, like, I, I don't, I don't really think that that's the point. <laughs> um, but Hey, that if you feel deeply called to, to work with a different energy of the moon, all the power to you, please remember that, you know, that is absolutely up to you, but I hope that it comes from a place of curiosity and compassion towards your body and and not from a place of uh, I should be xyz that yeah that's that's where I'll leave that I think <laughs> Ooh, yeah if we just let go of the shoulds because we should all over ourselves and that's not fun <laughs> yeah and it changes even if you don't try to shift that energy like I've had very 
big energetic shifts in my life happen, my period will come way early or way late to either wait to process that energy out or come early because I'm doing a lot of shit. I'm doing a lot of energy work. Like this past week that happened. And, um, the month before that it happened a week early, which I am like 26, 27 days on the spot every single time, but your body is helping energy. Your body knows how to move energy. Sometimes it's physically and in, in your Cycle, mental cycle is part of that. And I have to remind myself that because your mind suddenly goes to what's wrong with me, what's, you know, da, 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 what should it be? But it's, it's leading your way. It's helping you. It's getting everything flown out. So ugh. yeah, it's something that I have to tune into again and again um, and, th- and thank my body for being so wise, right? not yet not the victim to our bodies it's not this curse we we hold and i see each generation hopefully learning more about this more from you know my mom who was never told that there was a menstrual cycle and got hers and thought she was dying didn't tell anybody so there's trauma there and then, you know, she tells me the best of her ability in a very loving way, but it was a from approach of like, it's just something you have to deal with, right? You know, we're just very disconnected from the head down of our body. From where she stood, that was the, the most, the what information she had. And now we have this opportunity to do the work in our own bodies, whether we have children or not, we're still shifting the collective. We're still shifting that energy and yeah, I could stand on the soapbox all day with you, Em, and just preach, preach, preach. <laughs> right there with you. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Um, I don't want to shut down the show, but we're going to have to. Was there anything else that you wanted to cover that you feel called to talk about before we start to close it down today? You know, you brought up such a beautiful point just a moment ago about generationally. And I think that's something that I do want to speak to. Um, I do some work with uh, young women and uh, young teens through through a couple of nonprofits. And I am continually in awe of the young people today as to how here and ready they are for change. And one of the yeah, it, it brings me so much joy to be able to bring these conversations to them because they are so here for it. They are just so here and ready and engaged. And I have had so many beautiful, beautiful conversations. And we do, I do a, um, a tea ceremony with them, with my cycle support kit to help introduce the idea of these cycles. And so just presenting a different way of approaching our menstrual cycle, especially, but also just like our energy cycles and and our bodies. And I am so excited for these next generations because they are so present and they are so determined for things to be different. Um, And I do want to just kind of like shamelessly plug the Sacred Cycles Oracle again, because part of what we did in creating this was add an anatomy section. And this was something that was really, really important to me because I will fully admit that I did not know my own anatomy very well for many, many years. I won't even go into detail there, but it's embarrassing to be honest, the things that I did not, did not know. So for me, 
and and this is, it is so disempowering to not know one's body. And so part of the Oracle deck is there's a, you know, a section on anatomy in there and it's in there in order to bring some conversation to what may be difficult for parents, guardians, teachers, and such to be able to like, just introduce these topics in a way that is a little bit more artistic and, um, overarching because the, the illustrations, as you'll see are first of all, they're beautiful. Jesse, our, artist I just cannot give enough gratitude for her beautiful artwork but they it's it's a more um yeah artistic approach to you know in comparison to your traditional a and p book anatomy and physiology um so I I just want to say that I hope that these conversations can continue to happen with the young people out there so if you're a parent and feel uncomfortable about these conversations know that your discomfort is absolutely welcome in these conversations please don't let that stop you from having them these kids are so ready and so, so in need of it and want it, even if it is crunchy and uncomfortable, you know, bring in other resources, bring in other folks who are, um, who are close to these young people, trusted adults who uh, would be able to have these conversations too, because this is how we empower them to stay in their bodies, to be embodied and make decisions for themselves from this place of embodiment. And to me, that is such a gift to be able to start doing at a young age and something that I am so passionate about. Um, yeah, so I'm really glad that you brought up that generational piece because it feels really important for, for folks to think about when it comes to the young people in their lives as well. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm seriously tearing up over here because it's just like, it's so needed. It's so beautiful. And I know it's part of my healing journey, you know, in my lifetime and, and using the, the Oracle deck, the cards in that way, I didn't even think about that. They're so, like you said, they're so beautifully artistically communicated, but I mean, the name of the deck is sacred cycles, but from a sacred embodiment point of view, like, I think my favorite card in there, I'm just, I don't really care if I say it, is the orgasm card and the click card, the clitoris card. Beautiful. And I was showing my friends Yay. the deck and they were like, um, I was on like a, a, a video call with them. They're like, show us your clit. Show us your And I was like, oh my God. But yes, I will. Hold on. Let me find it. It's Amazing. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. But yeah. Those, those are things that like, you know, approaching from a parental standpoint, or even just being a have a conversation with girlfriends, like, and to be able to have this deck to, to normalize it within your peers is huge. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank My you heart is so just, much. My goodness. <laughs> well, on that note of gratitude, we end the show every single time the same way how may we the listeners as a big act of gratitude be of service for you and return today em oh my goodness thank you so much i am so grateful for this conversation and like you said having these open conversations connecting in our communities that is oh it just brings me so much joy so i'm so grateful i think um for me I would ask the listeners to begin their own cycle tracking journey if they haven't already. To me, this is the foundation. This is where embodiment begins. And um, I, I said it earlier, but I truly believe that embodiment is 
the place that we we start when it comes to healing all of these imbalances, all of these discomforts and diseases. And so I really hope that whether it's um, an app on your phone, uh, a journal that you did designate for it, or you know, a scrap of paper, whatever it is, please begin your cycle tracking journey in order to create some more compassion towards yourself, some more grace, some more understanding, and and to begin to learn that language of your body. Um, I and if you if you feel called to reach out and nerd out on cycle tracking. I am so here for it. Your girl would love to hear from you. Um, and so, yeah, that I, that would be my ask is to begin that journey. And and I would really love to hear from anyone, uh, any of the, the light bulb moments that come through. And, um, and of course, if you feel called to get the Sacred Cycles Oracle deck, I would be so honored and um, always love to get screenshots of people's uh, Oracle readings and any of the exciting little um, moments that, that come through with that. So yeah, yeah. But just thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. And if you guys felt called, if you thought of a special someone in your life, please share this episode, share the Oracle deck because you, that's why I started the show. You know, I was so inspired by other podcasts, right? And it's just this beautiful ripple effect. Someone popped up in your mind for a reason. Please share this with them. You never know what 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 can happen based on inspired action. So thank you so much, M, for coming on the show. I had such a pleasure talking with you and nerding out about cycles. <laughs> It was so great chatting with you, Lauren. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful. And thank you to everyone for, uh, for listening as well. Thank you. And remember, open up, surrender, trust, and let your body lead the way. <laughs>